If that's the senior citizens or if that's the, is that the, okay, okay. <laughs> I think that's the, the, the mid to young to older adults age. And so y'all at five o'clock, it's going to be fun, food and games. And the sign up sheet is in the foyer. So make sure to write that down. It's on the 24th. And then the 25th, Brother Seth Williams will be ministering here. And so that's super exciting. And then the, also on the 25th is your monthly mission pledge deadline. And so make sure to get that turned in. And then the 30th, everybody say the 30th, is our Northeast Section Youth Rally. And it is here. It is here in Paris, Texas. Uh, we were talking about it the other day. And I think it's been about, how, how long was it since it been one here in Paris, Texas? A long time, Sister Meyer said, and so we're thinking at least 20 years because I don't ever remember one being here. Um, and so here at 8 p.m., and so make sure to come, make sure to get the young ones here, and then don't just feel like it's a young person's event. It's going to be a spirit-led event, and so you're going to be able to get something out of it as well. So make sure to mark that down. And then on the second, Brother Seth Williams will be here again. So back-to-back week, that's going to be an awesome time. And then the fourth through the seventh is General Conference in Orlando. Care group luncheons. Yes. That's what I'm like. That's what I'm about right there. Care group luncheons. Can't remember which one I'm in. I think Sister Lisa Calicoats, but I'm excited. Of course, that's the last one. Oh, goodness gracious. (laughs) But uh, so the first one is Care Group 4, and that's Sister Nell Flemings, and that is on the second. So make sure to remember that, and I'm sure she'll send out a text. And then the week after that, the ninth is Care Group number 2, Sister Leah Faust. The Care Group after that is uh, number 3 on the 16th, Sister Joanne Bolton. And then on October... October 23rd is care group number one, Sister Lisa Calico. Sister Lisa Calico. And your care group leader will be in touch with you on what to bring, and we'll continue to announce this uh, over the coming weeks, or you won't, you won't forget about it. And then the Branson trip is on push pay for those of you that would like to pay on there, and that's super exciting as well. My goodness, I, I, I love announcements. I love announcing the announcements. There's so much fun things always going on in the church, and I love that. This morning, as I was on my way in to church, I was, I was behind a truck, and it said, Raising Hell. <laughs> and I'm like, what in the world? And, and I'm sure it's it's some brand, and I'm sure it's some kind of like just fun thing, maybe an influencer that they follow. But I was like, why? Why would we want to be raising hell? Why would we want to be raising chaos? Why would we want to be bringing up strongholds of disruption? And so this morning I was thinking, man, what if we started going around with big, I mean, and this was huge. It was all across his back windshield. And I was thinking, what if we started getting some big stickers that said, Raising Heaven, Raising Positivity, Raising Jesus' Name, Raising Unity in our community. And so if you would, please stand with me this morning and let's see if we can put down some hell and raise up some heaven. Oh, 
Shake it in the name of Jesus. 
Satan went up on the mountain with Jesus. Going to quiz him to find out who he was. But this morning I'll give you a message. He went up stupid and he came down stupid. He doesn't know any more today than he did a thousand years ago. And this morning, Scripture says that the angels of heaven are bending and bowing, trying to look into what you have. They're wanting what you have this morning. You're in a Holy Ghost-filled sanctuary this morning. I can assure you, you may not shout and run the aisles. You may sit there like a bump on the pickle. But when you leave, you're going to be changed. You cannot come into the presence of God and nothing happen to you. Hallelujah. Praise God. We want to go to the Lord this morning for the prayer request. Praise God. Gene Fortner. Miss Womack. Megan Spann. Parker Armstrong. Denise Bell. Alex Roberts. Lord Usry. Bob Bolton. T.W. Hush. Lois Weems, Dennis Shannon, Billy Bolton, Chaplain Steve Gibbs, Brother and Sister Bristow, Brother and Sister Proctor, Brother and Sister Billy Trinado. Praise God. We want to hold those people up in prayer. Last evening in the prayer service, we had a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost. People were blessed, and there's no doubt in my mind that people were healed during that service. The same thing that happened there last night has started this morning. As soon as this service started, the same spirit of worship and trusting in God for touch in the body and the soul. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Scripture tells me that the Word of God is like a two-edged sword. The original Greek says that the Word of God is like a two-mouth mouth sword. It eats on you. If you have the Holy Ghost and been baptized in Jesus' name, it's going to eat on you, getting you to be a better Christian. It won't let you rest. Every time you pick it up and read it, it starts eating on you. And if you're not in favor with God and you don't have the Holy Ghost, you pick it up and start reading on it, it's going to eat on you too. It's going to eat on you. Until you make that change, some people just read so much and say, hey, I don't want no more of that. That thing's eating on me. But I want to tell you this morning, 
you and I are glad when it eats on us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I don't know how you do a chicken leg, but when I eat it, I start eating around it. And before I get through, I'm right down to the bone. And that's what I want God to do to me this morning. I want him to chew on me till he gets right down to the marrow in my bone. Hallelujah. Praise God. I say this every time, and the reason I say it is because it's true. If you have a need this morning of any kind, if you will step out in the aisle and start down to the front, God will immediately start making a change in your life and he will deliver whatever needs you have. Last evening we prayed for a person and I know that the Holy Ghost moved. But here's one thing I want, before you come down, I want you to know this. That you got to believe and that he is for those that diligently seek him. So when you come down front, you come expecting to receive healing. And when you come that away, guess what you're going to have when you go back to the pew? You're going to have healing. So right now, if you have a need in your body or a need of any kind, come right on down to the front. The ministers will pray for you.
There is such a beautiful spirit of the Lord in this place this morning. And that gets me excited because I know that if we feel that now, that I know that there is a word coming following this move of God that is going to change us. And Brother Griffith, you were talking about you can't be in the presence of God without being changed. And I thought about that, and I thought about the people that, you know, like there is no, there is, you have to be changed in the presence of God. Either you get changed and you get transformed and you move further or you become a little more hardened and a little more calloused. Either way, you're going to be changed. But we have the choice this morning to say, God, tenderize my heart, tenderize my spirit, whatever you need to do in me, God, I'm not leaving here calloused. And if I'm going to be changed, that means it's going to be for the better. In Jesus' name, we are excited. You may, uh, you may be seated. We, uh, if you have uh, been here the past few weeks, you have noticed that we had had a board for Move the Mission, our Move the Mission fundraiser in our foyer with the squares 1 through 100. And um, we are excited to announce that it is empty. That we have, I, I said it from the beginning that I believe that we could clear out this board, that we as a church could come together and give and raise to move the mission. And what move the mission is, if you don't know, is it's the UPCI's youth fundraising organization that pushes towards basically helping, benefiting, and pushing forward missionaries. So it goes towards paying for vehicles for missionaries for 40% of it even stays in our district. So that way it helps with church camps, with youth conventions, everything like that. So knowing that we cleared out this board means that we as a church raised at least $5,050 for Move the Mission. It's all like, give yourself a hand. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart that you can go home today knowing that you as a church had a part in moving the mission today. And so I want to thank you so much. And I know I had to be dramatic and bring the board, but I had to do it. And so I was proud of this church. I'm proud of everybody. That If you gave a dollar, if you gave a hundred, we're, we're excited and we thank you so much for it. But we're going to have our ushers come. We're going to take our tithes and our offering today. Father, I thank you for the spirit we've already felt in this place this morning. And I know that you're not done yet, but God, I pray that you tenderize our hearts and our spirits to receive a word from you so we can walk out of here changed and strengthened today. And Lord, I pray that you bless what's given, that you bless the giver, and you anoint the word today. In Jesus' name, amen.
you may be seated and thank you for being here to help be a antenna to bring in the glory of God that raises the spiritual economy both personally and elementally to our community. It's impossible for you to become victorious and others not sense the joy of living in victory. There is a genuine joy that fills our heart as we're in the presence of God. And then the Word of God, of course, is a path that leads us into the remaining part of our future. The road is not dead end. It is an endless experience. It travels from birth to the new birth, and then it takes us through the myriad of powers of darkness and things that would impede your progress, and then to rule and reign with Christ forever. I can promise you Jesus is not bored today, not sitting in on his recliner wishing that life would end. He is excited because he is a ever-increasing element. And joining him is the beauty of becoming an endless power source in ruling and reigning with him. And so we have these meetings, and uh, some of you have maybe not heard this. Others of you may have heard it 20 times at least. But I, uh, I, I get amazed at people constantly, and I hope you get this enough that you can feel comfortable to portray it. But they talk about people being brainwashed, and, and we sense it in a negative direction as humans. But people's mind is being washed with all kind of ideals that if they'll buy a certain soap, that there'll be endless joy. They think if they buy a certain type of house, that it will bring great peace to a marriage. Because that's what we so often think. And then, of course, you've got to have the kind of recliner that buzzes. You know, you sit in and it just. And then after a while, you get to thinking that that don't even take care of everything. But I'm telling you that it's an endless cycle that is going on in this world because people think that certain elements will take care of everything. But the only thing that takes care of everything is all power to meet the need of everything. And I can tell you by experience, I have counseled with people that have owned all kind of phenomenal things with large multi-million bank accounts, and they still can't keep their marriage straight. But I'm telling you this today. I would not preach a Jesus that can't help you in your marriage, your job setting, 
And this kind of environment raises the spiritual economy to bring others to the influence that maybe I can get to that river of life that will supply all of my need according to the riches and glory of the one who created life. That's right. And so today I have about three hours lined up for you. But thanks be to God, we got some more Sundays coming maybe. So let's move into this particular strategy today and hopefully a empowerment to your life. And uh, the simplicity of the Word of God is connecting the statements. A lot of people think that because they get the Holy Ghost or are born again, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, and etc., that all of a sudden no weapon formed against them at all. What he said, no weapon formed against thee shall prosper. Well, that's a critical part of that statement because light will never be overcome by darkness. If they turn the lights out in here, it will get dark. But as long as that light is hooked up, it can't get dark. And the same is true with the Word of God. The Word of the Lord is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. And life can't get dark when you're hooked up to renewing of the Holy Ghost and keeping the Word of God alive in your life, praying always in the Spirit, praying the Word of God. Those are connect points that leave the whole highway lit up. That's right. So the simplicity is connecting the statements or learning at what time and the means to experience everlasting life and righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Somebody said to me one time, said, you mean you, I got to have a Holy Ghost? I said, why wouldn't you want gas in your tank? I mean, like, what good is a car and a motor and a battery and a luxury seat with a recliner? Even got little air billows to get the part of your back right in place if you don't have fuel. The fuel for your mind, the fuel for your future is the Holy Ghost. Acts 1 and 8 says, and we'll possibly cover that in this three-hour session. Acts 1 and 8 says, you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And I really, I mean, some of you have heard this like 50 times. But I really just, I just sort of, it just is crazy. I've never seen anybody blessed by a good cussing. Now look around and see if you act like you, if there's some of them that look blessed for getting cussed. Now how many of you have ever heard anybody cussing? And I've never seen anybody say, wow, how pretty. How many of you have ever talked in tongues as the Spirit of the Lord gave the utterance? How many of you got hurt standing there while they were talking in tongues? 
Howbeit in the Spirit we speak mysteries, for the Spirit itself maketh intercession with the source of life, or the Father of life, in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And people are all adjusted to listening to cussing and damning one another. And when it comes to a Holy Ghost service where people are praying in the Holy Ghost and the glory of the Lord is literally washing away all the doubts and fears and inhibitions and etc., all of a sudden replacing that with joy and peace and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. I mean, what kind of wrong is there with that kind of river it's amazing to me the intellectualism that is going to waste among humans we're smarter than that we know when we're getting joy we know when we're finding future we know when we're finding glory and I'm telling you today that God is going to have a people that are called by his name that love his purpose and his passion and they're going to follow him and not them you can't follow two worlds and so you either, he said, you either have the decision to make to go for the one or go for the other. So let's look at this. God became man and lived the life that is possible with God, directing the life of, somebody say anyone. Whosoever will, let him come and drink from the water of life freely is a scripture to the whole world. It's not to the Pentecostals. It's not to the Baptists. It's not to the Catholic. Let him that would have the river of living water come and drink freely from that well the well was of course Christ Christ revealed the power of God through the spirit that birthed him and in this we can have the spirit and truth through his word (laughs) I put the picture of the world with the sun in the middle of it so you could sense and see that we can condense the entire universe and put it on a screen That what you're seeing on that screen is doing much of anything? Yes, it's doing everything. It's keeping the trees alive. It's keeping the rivers running. It's keeping the winds blowing. It's keeping everything alive. I'm here to tell you, you can condense this stuff into the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost can emanate it into the future of your life all the way past this old world where the the astronauts have gone and into the glories of the power that sources everything going on. I'm not willing to satisfy myself with mediocrity when it comes to the opportunity I mean if you can cuss and get by with it surely you can talk in tongues how many of you have ever been hurt again by that uh, hearing somebody talk in tongues how many of you ever been blessed by the ones cussing you and yet we understand the one and don't understand the other No, I don't understand a mother cussing her kid out. She birthed it. Why would a mother curse a kid out when she brought it into this world? And particularly if she is not training its spirit on how to lead life into the most successful journey offered in life.
I'm here. I'm not here. I'm telling you, I'm not here just to go through this sermon. I am here because Jesus sent me here, and I'm with you because you furnished me one of the nicest homes, one of the nicest lives that anybody could ever experience. I, I went through it this past week. I thought about all the way over here, living here, and, and all the places that y'all have sent us to be at further educated ourselves and conferences and camps and meetings and all the things that you have done and I thought to myself there's not a way in the world I can praise these people other than preach the future to them that would lead them to the glory of their sacrifices in giving of yourselves to a future that is possible I wish you'd look at your neighbor and say it's possible for you to live in victory I sort of stumbled with you for that reason the word saved has become S T R E. I know you want me to hurry up and say it, aren't you? You say, Pastor, I can read faster than that. No, the word saved is so generic now that a dog can be saved. I've witnessed people thinking their dog is going to heaven. I'm telling you, there may be dogs over there. But the Bible indicates they don't have a soul. And so it's probably not likely that your dog is going to get to go with you. But I promise you this, you won't feel threatened in any form. There may be a bunch of other things over there that's better than a dog. I did not invent life are its major reason for existing. We need to tell ourselves that. I did not invent this thing. I just became a part of it. But the part of it that is essential and beautiful is I have learned to read and study life in and out of the Bible. I watch people who follow the prescription of the Bible and I see such t phenomenal powers. I see people that get a little bit and they get a little bit of power. Any part of the Bible you begin to uh, uh, imbibe into your thoughts or your spiritual system is going to help you that much. I can tell you that. I have watched it and I have observed it. If you practice the principles of the Bible on this earth, you're going to get the results. For instance, give and it shall be given. Many people give to very many charitable opportunities and they get blessed because it's a law of the Spirit. It's true. But the law of the Spirit of finances doesn't guarantee our process of new bodies. That's the difference. So mistreated, yet knew he would teach true life. And I want us to look at this because this is a serious setting in which John is rehearsing in his writing. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. 
I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. Now, this parenthesis is what I just put in there to sort of add. Practiced God in the flesh because what a lot of people lose in the concept of God sourcing Jesus Christ, they try to make everything fit the human thinking. And so, of course, God had to be another person. No. God sources the trees. God sources the reason you own a lawnmower. God sources all the things that go on in this world, everything. All, he said, behold, I create good and I create evil. That's a huge statement. So learning, and that's what he said. He said, learn of me. I will never create a setting in which you have to go to heaven and you have to do this or that or the other. But he said, now, if you want this, you do have to do this and that by faith because you're not going to see the end before you see the start. And you can see the bloodline of Jesus Christ. You can see his birth. You can see his life. You can see his death. You can see his resurrection. All that has become visible through the word of God and through the teachings of all. So that's something you can sense and see. But we haven't seen the rest. And that's why he said, henceforth there remaineth. You're not nearly at the end of your journey when you wind up in forest, uh, the, 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 the cemetery. You're, you're not nearly at the end of your journey. That's just the end of your journey in this world. This is a small parenthetical point in life in which you have choices. Before you got here, you had no choice. Your mother and dad did, but they didn't care. You know they cared. But they didn't care if you was a boy or a girl. They just cared that you came. And then they fed you and watered you. It's awesome. And hopefully that we all continue in a faith that teaches them. Denying ungodliness and fleshy lust, we move over a stretch and we make some space between us and the voice of darkness or flesh and we try to live in the life of superlative and that is inside of us the righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Those are elements that you can't buy, not even at Walmart. Walmart's crowded with lookers. The road is beautiful that leads to life everlasting. Oh, yes, there's curves and there's hills and there's valleys. I mean, how old are you, 20? 18. Well, how'd you get so smart in 18 years? <laughs> we got some wise kids around here. Sunday school teachers. Those roads. 
Don't you ever give up the dream of the roads in life that carry you to the best that you've ever dreamed of. Because you're going to be threatened by the curves and the hills, the valleys, the storms, the rains. It's going to happen. I said, it's going to happen. Seven of you. We're in this together. They rallied better than this at ball game. When a guy just even acts like he's going to catch the ball, they say, get it! And when a preacher's preaching, it's not wrong. Say, go! Yes! Amen! That gets the spirit of it flowing. Now, I don't have to have that, as you can tell. My vision for my ever, forever life. What is your vision? Can you see past the trees? Can you see past the curves? Can you see past the valleys? You look around and you see people going through hell and you see them going through valleys and frustration and confusion and all of that. And if you're not careful, you won't place that place the emphasis on prayer and seeking the will of God and living in the Holy Ghost and living according to the Word. Those are the attentive needs that will bring your eyesight past those trees, past that, and see the glorious future in the book of Revelation that God has designed for those that love him and follow him and listen to him and obey him and work the work of righteousness while it is day because night's coming when you can't see anything and I'm not here to turn the light off I'm here to turn the light up I picked the wrong color there who or what am I following Who are you following? Think about what you repeat most. And you will sense who you're following. Think about who you talk the most about out yonder in the world. And you will see who you're listening to or who is furnishing you the thought patterns of your life. That's why. He tells us to gird up the loins of your mind. Make your calling and election sure. Because this is not a dead-end street. I mean, if it had the death of the people's body was the end of it. I could just be gloriously happy if I knew that no matter what, that this would all end out yonder at the cemetery. And I would just say, well, thank God for the nice blessings I received being part of their life. But I'm looking for blessings for your forever life. I'm not looking just for you to have a good feeling today. I'm looking for your eyes to be opened until you can see past that wall and you can see 
see past the frustrations that are going to go on in life and you can see the joy that was set before him because the graveyard couldn't hold him and that's where we're going. We're just going through a corridor and I'm not willing for you to wind up in the dark. I'm going to preach and I'm going to try to live a life that will call you out of the world and into his glorious light. What is your vision? When you pray, what are you praying for? Father, now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, pray the Lord my soul to take. But right now I've got a lot of carnal stuff I'm involved in and I don't have much time for you. Mother and daddy, I'm challenging you today as hard as I've ever challenged anybody. It's time to do what he said. Gird up the loins of your mind and make sure your conversation is filled with faith and joy and righteousness and peace about how to live. And when we confess our faults, our children need to understand. This is not a playground. It is an educational center where the world is teaching us as much as the word because we're seeing the world convinced of in the word that is being revealed day by day. Evil men shall wax worse and worse. And when your political leaders are acting like they're acting, the church ought to be on its knees far more. Our kids are growing up under all that. Our young people in our city are growing up under that. It's not about getting a crowd to church. It's about getting the river of life wider where it touches every person in this Lamar County area. I am not interested in trying to have the largest church. I want a church that's got power, that's got long future, that has got a forever energy level that will feed the need of this world. I cannot help but appreciate all the nice uh, charitable institutions in our city that help people that are vagrant. I, I, I'll never forget just a few months ago, there, there was a, a sack-looking thing on the porch out here, and, 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 I, and I drove back into the church, and I looked over there, and, and there was a, a, a blanket over a guy, and, and, and I looked and almost, actually almost run him off. You're going to run a guy off of your porch because he's cold and he's wrapped up the best he can because he's got a little cigarette butt laying there that really infuriated him, and I don't know yet why. He's a human. Some mother's boy. Probably some brother to somebody. Went down here and prayed a little bit. I went up there and asked him, I said, sir, is there anything I can do to help you? He said, I just need a little place to get a little rest. So kind. I said, well, let, let me see if I can't get some help for you. I said, I can't hardly stand to see you lay there in that cold. Found out the Church of Christ had a mercy center going on. I said, man, get in my car. 
We're going to go over there. I couldn't think those, thank those people enough. Guy wound up on our steps needing help. And somebody else had a place to help give them refuge. I'm hoping to God that we can put a charitable level of life together that will work with the Red Cross in a more, far more integrated way. People like that everywhere. And you, I was down on him. I, I knew he, could, he lived in America. I knew he could have done better. But I can't thank God enough. I could have done better myself. I was raised in a home that I should have been better earlier. And I'm not going to forsake the way of the Lord now because I had bad days then. I'm just going to get past those and get on into the rest of what our future is. I'm here to tell you there's some people out there that are looking for a caring hand, a caring head, and a caring heart. And we are going to mobilize this church building and this church house until we have taken the bread of life and the love of God and the glory of the resurrection to every starving heart. There's some hills out there and our vision is simple. We are going to look in those woods and we're going to find people that are in need. We're going to look in this myriad of crowds and we're going to find somebody that's got a little interest in really living the life and getting past all of the hell that's going on in our world and somebody's going to say so and so from the United Pentecostal Church just cared enough and so and so cared enough and so and so cared enough and the river is going to wash away the doubts and the fears the river of life I'm not talking about the sophisticated sitting in a church building I'm talking about the river that goes out of this building out into the tributaries of life where the hurting and the weird and the fake and all of that are and we're going to go out there with bread and say let me tell you what Jesus did this bread fed me and this spirit fed me and this glory fed me and I want to help you with it could we pray for our world right now and let's pray for them mainly the close world I'm not talking about some little puppy doll prayer I'm talking about let's pray touch the hem of his garment right now for your preacher for your life for your sake and for the city father I wish somebody would just go ahead and trail, travail out you're not showing off. You're travailing out. That's it. When Zion travails, sons and daughters are born. I don't want to claim to be Zion and never travail. Surely you didn't come just to get what you wanted. There's a world out there needing you. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Some mothers that are hurting that don't know what to do for their kids, give the church wisdom. Give the church knowledge. Give the church sensitivity. Hallelujah. Let's look a little further. The, 
the who or what am I following? Who do you really listen to that you enjoy more than the Word of God and the Spirit of your pastor? That's what you want to ask yourself. Who or what am I following? What do I find my desire reaching for? Does your pastor offer enough highway that you can move on? move into the rest of your future? Or is your pastor a dead-end street where we just circle the wagon? Is there something beyond that door that you can reach for after you've let, read, uh, let the bread of life put, be put in your heart, in your mind, and the spirit of truth be empowering you so that Man, these singers, I'm telling you, they stirred up the spirit to the max again today. We cannot thank them enough for stirring up that spirit. And it's that young at heart. They sense and see that the world is in need. And thank y'all for pouring yourselves out and helping to lead us into a spiritual power. Did anybody notice the power level rising as the worship rose? There was a spirit that environed this place. Like, man, there is hope. Like, when there is joy. There is power. I'm talking to somebody today. That's the environment we can create in our car. As you go down the road, hallelujah, praise the name of the Lord. Instead of lamenting and repeating all the junk that's coming across news, have you heard and have you heard? Does it help the city? Does it help the world in order for us to maintain the integrity of the church? We ought to be talking more about what God is doing than what man is doing. We can breed a lot of frustration by being the church and telling them how sick it is that the world is going into sickness more sickness ladies and gentlemen it's high time to rise up and say this is the day that the Lord has made I will rejoice and be glad therein you have that privilege if you know the name and you know the Holy Ghost and you're walking in the word you have the privilege of saying God I know this thing's going to work out it will raise the spiritual economy Somebody say, be diligent. Making your calling and election sure. If you do these things, you shall what? Oh, don't say it so quietly. No, no, no. Stand up. Come up here. They can't hear you. Some of them didn't even look at you. Say it again. Never fall. I said, never fall. Be strong, steadfast. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Right there, the slightest little wind it makes your day bad. Not on your life. We shall never fall. We shall never fall. We will get up. Yes, it hurts to be hit. Yes, it hurts and it feels bad to be knocked around. But I'm here to tell you, you don't have to fall because it happens. You don't have to fall off in the way you speak. You don't have to fall off in your spirit. You don't have to fall off. No, no, no. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's not a Pentecostal 
statement. That's the anchor that holds. That's the anchor that secures. That's the anchor that keeps you in the storm. You have two alternatives. And that's the only two you have. When you get through with this 75 to 100 years, you got one of two eternities to live in. You want me to play games? No. Never. That tithe is God's money. I believe I'm God's man for the hour in this city or I'd be gone tonight. I believe that. Doesn't make me great. I just believe that. I study to that end. I pray to that end. I preach to that end. And I try to live to that end. You ever see me out there on the ground bawling and squalling and somebody comes up and says, Brother, Pastor, what's wrong? I have no hope. That's what I'm going to be doing. Unless I say, I'm surveying everybody. One of them's good and one's bad. I got the best picture I could find of Jerusalem. Somebody say the new Jerusalem. I hath not seen, ear hath not heard what that new Jerusalem's going to look like. What We know this old Jerusalem, what it looks like. Pretty sophisticated looking place even now just in a small picture. Looks like a lot of going on. Got a wall all the way around it. And then it's surrounded by hell. I'm not willing that any should perish, he said. But that all should have a door, repentance, a door to get out of the fire. Sometimes I wish I was as tall as you. But since I'm not, I'm just going to get somebody up here taller than me. It wouldn't really be hard, would it? I've watched this young man from his infancy. I've watched his parents share things with him that didn't just grow him with milk and cereal and eggs and potatoes. No, no, no. Something has happened in him. He's got a backbone. He don't mind standing up and worshiping God. He don't mind standing in some truths that help deliver him into an environment of glory. I want you to look at those pictures. I want you to get them in your mind and keep that vision. Which one am I living for? Because as you keep that division and that desire, you will find the words that lead to everlasting joy. And then if you keep that picture, you will find the words that tell you about the catastrophe that will happen if you don't have the other vision. I'm with you, man. Let's give him a hand clap. That We got a bunch of young people. I said we got a bunch of young people that have made up their mind. I'm going to go out there and rule and reign in righteousness I'm going to live the life I'm going to separate myself from the carnal concepts of life I'm going to walk in the Christ I'm going to walk thank God for a youth pastor y'all stand up youth pastor and his wife and all of you young people y'all turn around and look at these young people I mean, they're having some Holy Ghost meetings, folks. Don't know they're not old people yet, but they're going to look just like y'all for a short time. I just don't want them getting lazy because they get old. 
That's right. We got some young people that are absolutely on fire, and they are developing some interest in this entire city. That's right. That's right. And we're going to send him to conference here shortly and see if he can't get educated more. It's live unto the king of life, ruling and reigning forever, and living in limitations, knowing that you could have done better. How many times have you hit the steering wheel or stomped your foot on the floor because you knew you shouldn't have done it? Or you wished you would have done it? I should have prayed. If I'd have been more prayed up, I'd have been more stable. But I gave in in a weak moment because I wasn't praying enough to keep the spirit at power level enough to offset the deficits. Say, Pastor, you being hard. No, I'm living for your eternity. Straight is the way. Narrow is the path that leads to life everlasting. I'm not going to let you feel like it don't matter what happens. It doesn't matter. If it wouldn't have mattered, he would have never came in flesh. All he would have done just kept that Old Testament alive and said, Look, if you enjoy reading about this, just come visit me. No, no. He said he found fault with the law. Having found fault with the law, he came in flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. When you talk about being oneness people, we're not talking about realizing, uh, not realizing that he appeared in 1,000 different dimensions of life when he was here. He was the branch. He was the uh, well, he was the olive tree. He is the river of life. He is. He appeared many hundreds of times in various ways to demonstrate what spirit can do in a human body. That's why he said, I'm telling you, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again because I am with you now, but I shall be in you. A well of water springing up into everlasting life. You don't have to go find somebody else. You've got all of him when you get baptized in the name of Jesus and get filled with the Holy Ghost you're in Christ a new creation it's a whole lot bigger than joining a church the simplicity of the gospel it is written Deuteronomy 19 and 15 one witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity for any sin in any sin that he sinneth at the mouth of two witnesses or the mouth of three witnesses shall the matter be established. In other words, one person or one voice cannot condemn you. It takes two or three to condemn and it takes two or three to set free. It's a phenomenon. That is a law that will never change. 1 Timothy 5 and 19, against an elder received not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. Now, it takes two scriptures to develop what we call a doctrine. All scripture is given and is profitable for doctrine or reproof. All the scripture helps. 
But to make a doctrine out of anything, it has to have the mouth of two or three witnesses before it will stand either for or against you in any way. So he that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. New birth has strong witnesses, born again of the water and the spirit. I hear a lot of people. Matter of fact, there's 360 religious systems that are selling tickets to heaven worldwide right now. I checked it on the Internet, and you know they're all true. <laughs> 360 religious systems selling tickets to heaven. What does your ticket say? Who affirmed you? Was it, a doc, was it a denomination or was it the Word of God? Because I'm telling you that this heaven and this earth are about to pass away. And this opportunity is yours. I thank God for the chance to preach this eternal revelation to you ladies and gentlemen you can find so many places in the Bible where you're saved we're saved by hope you know you've heard me say it I years ago when I realized this I, I thought man I just start me a church called the hopers because you're saved by hope does that mean all you got to do is say, I'm hoping? Come on, think with me. I'm not, I'm not entertaining you with uh, education. I'm entertaining you with the Word of God. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established or become a doctrine. The Bible said we're saved by hope. The Bible does say by grace are you saved. Well, if, if, if grace is what some of those people are saying, then nobody needs to even go to church ever again. By grace are you saved through faith. And that not of works, lest any man should boast. And they're trying to tell your kids and your family out there that you don't have to do anything. All you do is grace covers it all. Well, if that's true, hope covers it all. Because he said you're saved by hope. You can't take a part of a car and say, I own a new car. It can be an authentic part of a Porsche. And, and, and you show them a bumper and you say, I've got a Porsche. No, you don't have a Porsche. You have a part of a Porsche. It's Porsche-all. P-A-R-T-I-A-L, Porsche-all. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, this is not a comedy deal. This is reality of what's going on in your world. And we're expecting this world to be converted by somebody that has a hope? No. Somebody says, I have faith? No. 
Not unless they're willing to do something about it. Our faith is dead if we're not willing to activate it and get on the street and get in the workplace and get in the homes and tell them about what the Word of God does. Say, well, they don't want it. I didn't want to get a bath until I realized the value of getting a bath. How many of you take a bath every week? Or a shower? I, I didn't, you don't have to be in a bathtub. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Acts 2, 1 through 4. What does it say? And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound of a mighty rushing wind. No, that is the beginning, and that is a phenomenal place to sense the activity of the church. Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 11, Acts 19, all of these. Somebody say two or three witnesses. Those are the actions, are the four witnesses that getting the Holy Ghost, getting baptized in Jesus' name, are vindicated by the people that followed Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this. Why would anybody not want to do it? It's not going to hurt you to do it. It's going to help you. And it's going to help your children. And it's going to help your mom. And it's going to help your dad. And it's going to help your brother. And it's going to help your sister. There's not anything about that that's going to help or hurt. I mean, that it's going to hurt or damn anybody. It's all going to bring them to something phenomenal. We must not forget faith is the ingredient that helps us. But faith without works is what? Is what? then you don't want no dead person trying to raise you up. Am I, am I being too hard? I'm not going to ask you if I'm being too long. One may emulate some of the works and receive a small reward here. Because I can tell you, inasmuch as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. And if you damn somebody, you've done it to Jesus. But if you bless somebody, you've done it under Jesus. So that's why you don't want to down anybody, and that's why you want to bless everybody you can. Because Jesus has angels recording everything you're doing every day. He's not shy on having angels recording your life because when the book is open in the book of Revelation and the books are open, he's going to see every time you turn down the word and it's going to be written and every time the date and everything, it's all going to be there because you won't have an excuse, he said. And you can't bring an excuse because I've got angels recording everything you've said, everything you've done, everything you've rebelled against. But if you'll confess your sins, I'll erase it. And when you get to heaven, if you've confessed your sins, you will be forgiven of all of them and they will be blotted out along with your previous sins. That's why you want to close the day in prayer and you want to open the day in prayer because you want to get up again and say, I'm in the king's business. I'm in the king's work. I'm in the kingdom. Either all that stuff is a bunch of bogus and we don't have a really heaven to look forward to and we don't have a new body or else it is true and it's going to do us to do what the book said, be diligent. Say, that's hard. No, no, it's not any harder than it is having a wife. 
poker faces when I say stuff like that. It's not any harder than it is being a wife or a husband. It's not any harder than being a mother or a daddy. It takes time. It takes effort. And you got to keep a faith if you want to keep your kids. If you want to keep your parents happy, you got to have a faith. That's what faith is. And that's why faith saves you from every detriment, every pitiful, every powerless area of life. That's why we talk to our kids and teach our kids and help them to understand that we make mistakes also. But we go, get, go to the throne room and we get healed and we get filled and we get renewed and we rise up to fat, combat all the powers of darkness. His church bride is built on a firm foundation. The first Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam, Christ, was made a quickening spirit. Referring to the new birth, Acts 2.38, Acts 8, Acts 10, 11, Acts 19, you can't beat what the book says. Why in the world would we fall in the day of need when this whole world needs to know the truth, to stand and breathe? There are many settings, but these are offering you the two to four witnesses that are needed to tell you that this is a doctrine. This is not a hope case. It is a hope, but it's not the whole case. So in verse 49, as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now, brethren, I say this flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth Corruption, inherit incorruption. Now, we're going to open the altar here in just a minute, and the musicians will get ready because I am convinced there's some one person or ten people that would like to move forward in your spiritual relationship. Coming to this altar does not mean that you have not already started a work in your life. We have veteran prayer warriors that will join you. They will willingly give up their afternoon to help somebody find the rest of their future. And that's what church services are all about in a strict sense. Then he says here, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. The word sleep there is contained in the, in the realization that you cease to exist on earth, but your soul is alive forever waiting in limbo until the judgment that is listed in the book of Revelation. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound. I want somebody to say the trumpet shall sound. And the dead are going to get out of the grave. And we shall be changed. Now, what is the likelihood of us changing if we're not changing daily? Because the Bible said we are changed into his image from glory to glory. And every prayer meeting presents ourselves to glory. He is the glory. Unless it's just a little, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord to my keep you. I got a hole in the wheel. And hurry up and get through it so I can get on with the big stuff. No. You can count on it. I'm going to do everything I can to keep you wide awake. To keep you thinking. To keep you looking. To keep you watching yourself then you can help watch others in a more careful and a confirming way. The light of the world reveals righteousness. Man without God or purity is limited in his greatest endeavors. Jealousy, envy, strife, hatred, all contaminate the best homes. 
Imperfection leads to malicious intents. You're going to have those come to your house. But if you don't know the difference, you'll let them in. They'll get right in your heart. They'll get in your next statement. And that's why divorces are happening right and left. That's why church problems are rising left and right. It's because people have gotten too familiar with envy, strife, maliciousness, intense. It's, it's big. You say, Pastor, how do you live it? The Holy Ghost will rise up and help give you what you need. And you will just immediately say, I'm sorry, Father. Broken in a contrite spirit. No man. Righteousness comes into the world. Men see their weaknesses. Turn to the light. You see, you and I can see it and everybody else. Because they violate the atmosphere in which we live way too often. And you can turn this type of teaching down because it gets too central in our lives or it affects too many people. Or you can go home and say, God, thank you for turning the light up so bright I can see more of myself and the need in my city. Because the light turns on either the need in us first and then the need in the world. Could we stand? And I ask you right now to pray again for every preacher in our city. Pray for every church fellowship. I am believing God to take Paris, Texas, Lamar County, and make such an oceanic power source that all across this world, this part of it, there is a river of life flowing. Would you pray right now for every pastor, every church person, and particularly the United Pentecostal Church and pastor, that God would raise up the fire and the river of life. Sing it, would you? This altar's open. If you've never had the Holy Ghost, please feel free to come. If you've had it or haven't had it and you would like to have it, this is a perfect time. We have travailers coming. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, I encourage you. Let your faith take you. The water's warm. We have baptismal robes ready. Somebody close to you will be glad to help you.